Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're doing well and had a wonderful week. As I'm recording this intro to the episode with Sophie Ross, it is a Saturday afternoon and a late afternoon, and I believe that at this exact moment, LVP, Ariana, and Lala are walking the red carpet at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. So I used to go to the Correspondents, not the dinner, but the um, cocktail parties that are before the dinner. So in the hotel, each sort of ballroom hosts a cocktail party by um, different media outlets. So there'll be like a Wall Street Journal party, a Vanity Fair party, a CNN slash Time Warner party, and you kind of go between the rooms and the various cocktail parties. And it was just such a fun thing to do back in the Obama days. And it was back when celebrities like wanted to come to DC. And it was fun to see them and schmooze and get dressed up and all of that. Um So I'm so happy that Ariana is getting her flowers, that everyone is showing her so much love. And I was listening to Lala's podcast earlier today, and she mentioned that Ariana actually hasn't had anxiety since breaking up from Tom. It was like all of the issues may have been potentially related to the relationship that she had with Sandoval, but also Sometimes after something really terrible happens in your life, you do have a period of calm because you're like, well, the worst already happened or like what else could go wrong kind of a feeling. Anyway, I was listening to Lala's podcast while I was in the dog park with Stassi and it was a really crazy experience, but I witnessed a violent crime happen. This is the middle of the afternoon. These guys tried to steal someone's motorbike, and while they were doing it, they were kind of beating him up, and they held a gun to his head, and it was very scary, so I'm a little bit a little bit shaken. I was like the main witness to it, so you know I called nine one one I made sure the guy was okay, gave you know testimony and statements to the police who were like incredible in their response and yeah, it was just it was an afternoon anyway, so. <laughs> I didn't get through the podcast very far, uh, but I did get to the part where Lala talked about Garcelle unfollowing her on Instagram and how she didn't blame her because, you know, it likely was that she unfollowed Lala because of things Lala said about Oliver during last week's episode of Vanderpump Rules. And, you know, she's kind of a mama bear, too. So anyone goes after Ocean, you know, she'll do more than unfollow. But it just led me to think I am slightly shocked that Garcelle thought maybe it was a good idea for Oliver to go on camera. Maybe, I don't know, he is seems to be very charming, but he has a lot of, I don't know, the right word, maybe chutzpah (laughs) to like go on camera and make it sound like he is completely separated and everything is kind of clean and kosher and make out with Raquel and then go home and strip his wife. Like all of it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why would you do that? Um, But, you know, he's probably similar to Tom Sandoval thinking that he's not going to get caught or... He can just explain it away. I don't know. But um, 
it, you know, <laughs> it's funny. He's like, well, I'm, I'm separated. I got my own apartment. First of all, I don't know that I believe that he had his own apartment. Um, maybe he like got one but wasn't living there. But I certainly feel like if he was still sleeping with his wife, even if they had talked about getting separated, when like it's confusing if you act like you're together and then to to her, right? She's clearly was confused and taken aback that as soon as cameras came around, he would like had no problem, you know, hooking up with someone else. And it sounds like he was doing that before cameras came around as well. All of this is just so interesting because Garcelle has been cheated on and it was like a very terrible experience that she had that she's been pretty vocal about and then to have her son be like such a cheater I don't know it's all just interesting to watch um another thing I actually thought was pretty interesting to watch was this week's episode of the Real Housewives of New Jersey so I loved meeting Polly's mom Claire Oh my gosh, her jokes about how none of the husbands were cute when she was looking at the calendar of the men from Jersey. But then when she got to Frank Catania, who she knew was Dolores's ex, she kind of was like, ooh, what about him? She seemed to have such a good sense of humor. You could tell all the ladies just loved meeting her, although I couldn't get over the fact that they were all basically like in their pajamas, seemingly braless, and just like couldn't have been more casual. (laughs) I don't know if I was meeting someone's mom, I would want to at least put on like a sweater or something. I also enjoyed the hen party that they did for Teresa. I know it was at a farm and whatever, but when else would you get to see women chasing a like rooster around, you know? I found it pretty entertaining. It was so interesting to throughout this episode because I felt like multiple times Teresa was trying to be kind to Melissa to like give a little bit of an olive branch in her very Teresa way that's not actually coming out and saying I'm sorry or anything like that. But, you know, choosing Melissa to be her partner during one of the activities, mentioning Melissa was really good with her parents, like paying her a compliment, you know, hugging her when they were both crying when Melissa had drew the painting of her family in Italy. And yet, I feel like Melissa is, is so interesting. I feel like she has such contempt for Teresa and is so angry about all of the things from so many years past, which she has valid reason to be angry about. But when you have that level of contempt, you can't even see like a kind gesture as just that a kind gesture. It's like you sneer back at it and it's hard to watch. I remember my mom telling me once that like in a marriage, the worst thing you can have is contempt for your partner because you're just then not able to resolve conflict. You get so angry and you hold on to it. So I feel like that's sort of what's going on with them. I know Teresa says and does things all the time that not just irk Melissa, but are quite rude, like saying she doesn't have any family when she has a sister-in-law like sitting, you know, a couple people away from her. But I don't feel like Melissa is trying to do it on purpose. She is a difficult person who I feel like is just incredibly narcissistic. And it's really hard to have someone like that in your family. But she does seem to be making some sort of an attempt this this past episode. And it was just hard to watch Melissa just not take it. I don't know. And then when... 
when Teresa was like, well, it would be really nice to have your family in the wedding in some way. Like, Melissa could have been in the wedding. Teresa, earlier in the season, was like, do you want to be in the wedding? If you want to be in the wedding, like, I will put you in the wedding. And Melissa's like, no, I don't want to be asked after. It was like, if you didn't do it perfectly the first time, you didn't ask me in the right way and all of that, then don't ever ask me. And I actually, I don't know. I'm probably in the minority in this. I think it's nice that Teresa's trying to fit other people into her event that means something to her, that she's asking Bill and Jen Aiden. I do feel like she has a real friendship with them and she's asking them to be there you know, in the wedding for them. Are they an afterthought? Well, they're not as important as the other people that were asked initially, sure, but I I don't find it as offensive. Like, this is a wedding of a 50-year-old woman. Like, you know, this is her second wedding. There's like lots of kids involved. It's it let her let her do what she wants to do. Um, I just feel like she can't win in a way because if she messes up from the beginning, then Melissa is like, well, you didn't ask me when you asked everyone else. But they weren't in a very good spot at that point. I don't think I don't know. I don't know. But it's hard to watch someone making an attempt to like for peace and it just not be reciprocated because you're like so at so many points this could have been the end of things and Melissa could have been like you know she was really kind to me to Joe and we had a really nice time on this trip and I really think we should you know just show up at the wedding and and be part of it in some way and like shut our mouths and just like let her be happy and And they just, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Obviously, all this stupid stuff about this rumor of Melissa making out with someone in the back of a car is shitty. But it's not Teresa that said it on camera. And I don't know that Teresa had plans to say it on camera. Um, I don't know. We we will see. Um, One thing on the guys' night. So, like, I'm not like everyone who, like, hates watching the guys. I find them kind of entertaining. I'm always interested in watching like someone like Evan who's actually seems excited like I get to hang out with my boys and like the cameras are just there whereas like Frank Catania and Joe Gorga seem to like love the cameras a little bit too much. But I thought it was kind of ironic that they are all getting stoned and that Marge is the one that had the idea for the food truck when not only like what two three episodes ago she's calling Jennifer Aiden a disheveled drug addict for smoking pot I mean at this point like come on Marge I I really really want her and Jen Aiden and her and Danielle to like put all of their crap to bed because she seems to hold on to stuff a little too long she she says everyone else holds on to stuff for too long but like she's the one that came out and said stuff about Jen's marriage and then is mad that Jen isn't over it because <laughs> it's it's a hurtful thing to do I don't know anyways um and then the dinner that they had that last night where Danielle and Rachel were getting into it and kind of yelling and then you know Danielle is quite annoying in that she keeps kind of rehashing the same thing over and over But when Marge says, that's why you're going to have problems with your family for your whole life, because you'll never have a clean slate if you keep bringing up old shit. And that's a fucking fact. You can forgive, but you can't forget. You pull that shit your whole life. You will never move past anything. And it just felt really harsh because Danielle had been crying about her brother 
earlier. And this is Danielle's first time being on the show. She hasn't learned the ropes yet. She doesn't know that just because she brought it up a couple of times means that she has to be willing to talk about it all the time. She doesn't know all kind of the rules yet, I don't think. So it just felt a little bit harsh. I feel like Margaret is a bit harsh. And um, just because she can take harshness doesn't mean others can. And I don't know. It's not so fun to watch her do that. Anyways, this week's podcast is so fantastic. I have Sophie Ross on the podcast. You guys know her because she does the pop culture roundup on So Bad It's Good with Brian Bailey. She also is a fellow Jew from the Midwest. So I was excited to chat with her. We talk all things Orange County trailer. We talk Vanderpump rules and a little summer house. I think you guys are going to love, love the show. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. It helps me get good guests. And if you have any constructive criticism or anything you want to reach out to me about, you can reach me on Instagram at Mandy Slutsker. Have a wonderful week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I am here with Sophie Ross, who is a prolific social media potster, also is a regular contributor to the Pop Culture Roundup on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And she has a podcast, So True with Sophie Ross, which is on hiatus at the moment because she has just started a new job, but might be coming back. How are you doing, Sophie? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. I also was excited to have you on as we're both Midwestern Jews. Yes, we were just talking about this. (laughs) Midwestern Jews represent, represent fellow member of the tribe. Always, always. From middle America. Yes. Yes, Love that for us. Yeah, (laughs) you know, I'm part of the Frozen Chosen in Minnesota. Frozen Chosen. (laughs) I can't get over that. That's amazing. It's I don't know what, what we, we call, call ourselves. Ohio. Yeah, we don't have like a cool Ohio Jewish tagline. I'm going to have to think on that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I wanted to start by asking you about the Orange County trailer before I forget, because that dropped this week. But I feel like we all forgot because of how crazy Vanderpump Rules was. Yeah. Oh my God. So like, I'm obviously super, super excited for, I feel like Tamara and Vicky to be back. I know Vicky, the jump scare at the end of the trailer was like my favorite part. And she's just going to be a friend of, I'm also very excited for Taylor Armstrong's return. I think she had a very strong showing on rugged real housewives, (laughs) ultimate girls trip too. Um, so I have, I'm, Cautiously optimistic. I saw a lot of people on social media were saying that it was boring, that it was all over the place, that I didn't really get them excited. So many people were like, we waited all this time for that. But I I kind of got excited. I was like, I'm excited for Heather Dubrow and Tamara back together. Um, Vicky, obviously, Taylor Armstrong. You know, I per usual can do without Gina and Emily. Um, the newbies seem interesting. I think there's two. Is there two newbies? 
I only remember um, one from the trailer, but there may the be. Blonde. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually it might just be one. I don't know. I can't remember at this point, but I'm intrigued by it and cautiously optimistic that we could be back to its its true form, which is quality content, which we haven't gotten from them the past few seasons. Um, so yeah, I guess my my thoughts are just I'm hopeful. What about you? What were your thoughts? I'm very hopeful. So this is my like probably least favorite of all the franchises. Mm. I just am not as interested in what's happening Mm. in Orange County. It's not as aspirational for me as Beverly Hills because it's kind of seems like it's like trashy, like little sibling or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know it just hasn't been fun for a while, but right. I think it will be interesting. I've listened to Tamara and Teddy's podcast a few times, and I find Tamara oh. so much more likable than I thought I did. Like, she used to be my least favorite housewife because yeah. of the stuff with her daughter. And I felt like she just was so obsessed with being famous that she wasn't really focused thirsty. on She's very thirsty, yeah. which is her downfall at times. But I feel like the firing was needed to kind of get her back in check and bring her back in a way where she's being authentically herself rather than like just trying to stir stuff up. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, It looked like in the trailer that there might be some beef with her and Shannon, which is interesting to me because I feel like they've been very strong allies. Um, and I also am just like, I'm, wh- what do we call the Shannon Bedore like stands? Bedore whores? <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. I'm a Bedore whore. I am obsessed with Shannon. I love Shannon. I want to see her happy. I think it's going to be very interesting seeing her relationship, what goes down, because as we know, her and John, that's his name, right? John? Yes. John Jansen. Her and John have. Yeah, John Jansen. John Jansen jingle. I don't know why. Um, But I am interested in seeing how that plays out. We know that they broke up after the season filmed. So are there going to be red flags? Like, I'm very intrigued by that. I really want... I was sad about that. I was genuinely sad because I want Shannon to be happy so badly. I think she deserves it after everything that David Bedore the devil has put her through. Um, so yeah, I'm here for Sh- Shannon. I, I keep waiting for her, like, you know, happy ending redemption season. And she's just always losing. She's always losing. She's always she's losing. Always... But isn't that like what makes her so much more likable? Yeah, exactly. She's endearing. It's like relatable. Her life isn't perfect. She's not Heather Dubrow, you know, <laughs> Heather Dubrow. Oh my God. I mean, I am quite a fan of how she is as a mom, and I'm so proud yep. that she is standing up for her kids and everything like yes. that. And I hope to see her doing more work at a national level if her kids are comfortable with that because of all the attacks that are happening right now on transgender children. Um, yep. You know, just like Totally, totally. Oh, my God. Be. And thank God Kelly Dodd. Oh is never God. allowed on Bravo ever again. She's been spewing the most transphobic, disgusting filth. Like, she is just a trash human being, a horrible human being. And I think Heather Dubrow really had her pegged from the get-go. Right. That she was like, I am not going to put up with this. Low base bullshit. <laughs> well, I... 
I don't know, someone was talking to me about Kelly and I'm like, I don't give her attention because I never post about her. I never comment about her mm-hmm. because Good. that's what she's she looking she for. That It's yep. like Tucker Carlson who, you know, this week. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you know, but yeah, ugh. but I'm actually, so one storyline I am excited for is about Gina. So normally I haven't been as into her except for the stuff that happened with her ex-husband and how right. she navigated that. And that is like a situation I think a lot of people have been in, but aren't uh-huh. brave enough to talk about. So she right. is now a year and a half sober and she stopped drinking. And the story came out in People Magazine yesterday about how oh. she was kind of realizing that alcohol was having a negative effect on her and that she was using it as a coping mechanism to kind of numb her emotions. And I, I, feel like the article sort of led me to believe that she started drinking pretty heavily post what went down with the domestic violence. And I think the like scene in the trailer with her boyfriend being like, don't say you're over it if you're not over it was about maybe the the domestic violence. Wow, I didn't. I didn't know that. And I'm also kind of intrigued by that, too. Good for Gina. Happy for her. It was a really good People Magazine article by Dave Quinn where, you know, he's also sober. So I think he kind of knew all the right things Uh to ask her. And Uh she just opens up in a way in this article that I hadn't thought of her like as being as introspective. And, you know, she did get a DUI, which is a pretty serious Thing to have happen to you, especially. That's true. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So she clearly did have some sort of problem for sure. Right. And so I'm excited to wow. see to see that, and um, you know, we'll see. It sounds like everyone's really supportive yeah. of the decisions that she's been making. And you know what? I I feel like it's been so long since the last season of OC aired. But Gina was not very well received by the audience last season, which I'm sure was hard. Like, I think about that a lot as someone who has read, and I'm sure you have read bad reviews about your podcast at some point. I mean, yeah. not that you get bad reviews, but no, everyone's like, because I you get a mentioned mean, things a mean like DM. politics. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You're just a snowflake brainwashed, like. Right. Marxist um, is people, my favorite. <laughs> people will say that too about me and Ryan. I've seen whenever we talk about politics, but um, you know, it's hurtful to see, even if you know it's it's even phrased in a nice way. You still have to kind of mentally prepare yourself. If I'm going to read the reviews, I need to mentally prepare myself. It's really tough to see criticism about yourself online, and I know that on Rugged Three in Thailand, which I just finished the last episode was last week I don't know did you watch I did I enjoyed it for the most part it was very dark energy um but there was something fun about watching like Candace and Whitney Rose together and they were talking about you know the worst parts of being a housewife right which is social media and I'm like I cannot even imagine how it feels to be on some of these shows and looking at Twitter I just wouldn't look at Twitter Um, People can be really mean. And I'm, you know, I'm there talking shit about them on Twitter, too. It's just the name of the game when we're live tweeting these shows and we're, you know, voicing our opinions. I definitely try to be conscious about saying things that not saying things that cross the line, obviously. Right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for Gina, again, just circling back to OC, I feel like she was 
probably getting more hate online last season than she's ever gotten. And I can't even, I really don't even remember why. I think it was just that she was, she wasn't really choosing a side between. Oh, Noella. Heather Heather and Noella. Yeah, that's what it was. So, oh my God, Noella. You know, I'm kind of bummed they didn't bring her back. R.I.P. She was definitely entertaining. She was, but there was nothing authentic about her. And I think that was the issue, is that, like, none of them really had authentic connections with her. So it's like... Right, right. And she wanted to be a housewife so badly. And it was so... Like, that's the thing with Tamara. It's like, she's so thirsty that it's like, is it just going to be you producing everything? You know? Like... I, I want something that feels organic. I like when housewives are like genuinely chaotic and not trying to be, you know? It's harder and harder to find, but I do feel like of all the places that are genuinely chaotic, it is Vanderpump Rules right now where they're oh my not God. trying and it's just not trying at, at all. all. And it's one of the best seasons. Like I know we say seasons one through three are like reality television Hall of Fame, Nobel Peace Prize, like nothing is ever beating those first three seasons of EPR. This season is genuinely incredible, riveting television. I never thought we would get back to this place. Like I never thought we would get there again after season seven, eight, nine. It seemed very hopeless. And here we are watching some, and I was thinking that last night, how so often, like with Summer House this season, for instance, which I know we're going to get into, Where it's just like, what even is this filler in this episode? What am I watching? Like, why are we watching this? Why are we watching this, like, stupid stage conversation about um, a fertility app? Which Mm -hmm. I know is, like, a serious conversation, a serious thing that Amanda's going through. But so much of it feels like filler when it's not a good season. And I feel like we got so much filler the past three seasons of VPR. And so much staged, fake drama i know that stassi tom sandoval fight that happened in one season where a bunch of people wrote into demois that they had filmed it like seven times it was so fake Mm -hmm. and i was thinking last night to myself i was like all of these emotions are so real like katie schwartz james raquel sandoval like it's all real and raw and like i am freaking loving it like i'm loving it me too (laughs) i think this week's episode was probably the best of the season and just that there was mm-hmm. so much happening with so many different people and we're starting mm-hmm. to see these like nuggets and you know a lot of there's a lot of conspiracy theorists that watch bravo i can't get over like oh, how really? intense yes so there's so no many idea. people <laughs> No idea. What and, are you talking about? And Ryan Bailey's so been mean. trying to like fight them all day. And I'm just like, Ryan, just because you know these people, like, you know, he knows the, the cast. It's, it's, he's just like, no, this is what happened was real. But there's so many people now who are like watching these nuggets of information, knowing what we know now and watching it back and being like, there's no way that they didn't know like this was all a setup by production to make money and you know and I'm like oh great like <laughs> yeah and Ryan knows Ryan knows I and know yeah, and I'm I'm a skeptic like as much as anyone when it comes to PR relationships in Hollywood for instance but you can just tell this is all innately real and I know that I also kind of have my tinfoil hat on about how everyone was so shocked 
as these episodes are unfolding, I'm like, wait, the clues are already coming out. How is everyone so blindsided? So like if all of these clues were right there. I think people are blindsided because I think Lala, Katie, and maybe Allie thought that maybe there was like a potential for a one night stand or like some sort of boundary being crossed. But I don't think the others believed it at all. They were so dismissive. And then yeah, Sheena, Sheena oh God, was so dismissive. So if I were Sheena, she was going so hard defending Raquel. I know. And she feels terrible now. Right. But like even James Kennedy doesn't believe this crap. Like he's just didn't believe it. And so, yep. you know, and then I think the shocking part is not just that it was happening, but that it was going on for seven months and just like how nasty they were <laughs> about and it how, you know like, so nasty I think that people dismiss the Tom Sandoval like they were thinking they were thinking that Raquel would go for Schwartz because Schwartz is more conventionally attractive he's more of like a guy's guy and Sandoval has a white manicure at all times like I don't know like I just feel like they maybe were just assuming that Sandoval is not like the the guy's guy type that Raquel would be attracted to I don't know. I don't know. But they were very dismissive of Sandoval, I think, because he doesn't seem like the guy that all of these girls would want to go after, just in general, where I feel like with Schwartz, like Schwartz is cute. I hate to say it. He's always been cute. He's always been conventionally attractive. He's always been very charming, whereas Sandoval is just like Sandoval, you know, like it is kind of surprising. But I I feel like she would have probably gone for Schwartz if he was into her. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She, who knows? But, um, you know, the original trailer that we saw for this season did have that line about an open relationship. And then after watching Watch What Happens Live with James Kennedy, which was by far the best Watch What Happens Live I've seen in like months. Was he? He was definitely. I do not think so. so No, this makes me truly understand why he drank so much and why he would do the California sober thing. I think he has extreme ADHD and he's that's his normal. And that's his baseline. I think that's his baseline. And he's always wow. trying to chill himself out. And that's why he would drink so much. And that's why he was I mean, he was saying at one California point that he sober. was smoking pot every day, which is right excessive. <laughs> Right? right? But if that's right. your baseline. Yeah, that's totally excessive. Who would ever do that? Who would ever smoke <laughs> every day? <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't. During I know, college, sure. But, you know, the older you get, the more you're just like, I feel high half the time without even trying. <laughs> I get tired and I like forget my name. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I understand for some people, they're like, I get so anxious. Like, for some people, and no, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like the that. kind of person that's like, you need to find the right strain. I'm like, it doesn't matter what strain you smoke. For some people, it just makes them anxious and they don't like it. And that's fine. It just and that's makes fine. me hungry. And I don't, and like yeah. excessively thirsty, where I just like can't stop drinking water and I'm like peeing nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like too lazy. That's I don't want to go to the so bathroom. Funny. Like, it's I don't I know. I wish it made me thirsty. I need to be do I need to be doing a better job of drinking water. I have my giant water bottle right here. <laughs> no, I'm gonna drink me some. too. Got mine. Um, I f- 
felt so genuine about like how his demeanor was. It felt to me so, so real, like someone who has um, a hyperactivity disorder. Like he's been You like think it this. felt? Because I, yeah. I was watching it and I was like, he has to be on drugs. Like the speed at which he was talking. But I've seen people online be like, I think this is just James. Yeah. And you know what? He makes great television, whether he's sober or not. He is fantastic. Like, I can't get enough of James. He wasn't, like, twitching or anything. And a couple times, especially towards the end, where he was like, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I'm like, that's it. Like, your brain is so, like, all over the place. It's really hard for you to concentrate on one thing at a time. So I I felt so genuine about about his behavior that it was like at first I was like a little bit like oh god and I'm like oh I feel like I understand him so much more. <laughs> that is so funny. I can see that though. You know what? I can see that perspective. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't zooted out of his mind. He was also with because his you mom know that there, and like she you know, oh, works that's- a program. I get triggered by his mom when they even showed her in the audience. I was like, get her out of my sight. Like (laughs) I despise that woman. I think that she is so nefarious and frightening. I really, I don't, I don't want her on my TV ever again. Like even in the audience on watch what happens live, she needs to stay away. Yeah. The sad part is I feel like she's a better influence on him than his dad. That is sad. And she's someone that, who that stole Kristen Doty's credit card credit to get booked. <laughs> like, what? And then said that Kristen Doty's karma is going to be being infertile. Like, <gasps> she, said that? she said that? You don't remember when she said no. that? People listening to this back me up. I oh, swear I'm to sure. God. I'm sure. She didn't she... say that verbatim. It was like, you know what? Her, her karma is going to be she's not going to be able to have kids. So she, it was something along those lines to oh, James. God, that's it was when James and Kristen were going through it or whatever. But yeah, just a terrible thing to say, insinuating that women who have infertility issues, it's karmic retribution right. for something they've done, which is obviously untrue. Yeah. I just think she's a trash person. If she's a good influence on James. No, I mean, better than fine. the dad. Which better is than not... the dad, which isn't saying like. <laughs> It's not saying lies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. I've got some questions uh, for you. Um, okay. I was wondering specifically when Allie sat down with Sheena and, like, very carefully was like, listen, this is what I saw. I think it's suspicious, but I also don't uh-huh. know you guys as well. Sheena's right. immediate reaction. What are your thoughts? I think that she genuinely did trust Raquel. I think Raquel was really good at putting on this persona of, you know, this nice girl, this nice, innocent, Bambi-eyed bitch. Like, I think that she really fooled everyone. And it's so creepy, I feel like. And Ryan actually posted this on Instagram, the clip of them at the beach. Everyone's kind of fighting. And Merkel's just sitting there and you can't really read her face. It's like you can never really read her. She's kind of a chameleon, which is scary to me. It's kind of and I know hindsight is 2020. And now what we know about Raquel changes how we're interpreting her now. 
but it's kind of Jack's like where it's like she is kind of mimicking how humans are supposed to act because she doesn't know how to be a normal human because of narcissism or whatever personality disorder that I'm not going to diagnose her with. Um, but it's kind of creepy watching her. Like I'm creeped out by her this season. I am too. I mean, I think going into this season, I felt like something was up with her because when she broke up with James, which I thought was like amazing and very brave. Right. Everyone of was her. so rooting for her. Oh my God. Everyone was rooting for her so bad. They're like, this is what Brittany could have gotten if she had broken up with Jax is the entire audience rooting for you and being able to stay on the show at the same time. But I didn't I didn't feel like that's what she wanted. She kept on talking about wanting to go to grad school and work with children with disabilities. And, and it's like, if you want to do that, you would have gone and done that. She didn't. She wa- she wanted to pretend that she was above the reality show influencer lifestyle, which we know now that she's definitely not. No. And um it's it's so yeah. funny, like all of these people, it's like Sierra on Summer House, how she was a nurse. And it's like, I don't blame you for giving up your your career that was paying you a fraction of what you're making now as an influencer and a reality TV star, but don't pretend that any part of you is like, I'm gonna go back or I miss, you know, my career, I'm gonna go back to school. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. I never believe it. When Kim Kardashian, I think some headline, I didn't read it, but some headline was going around that she would legitimately give up reality TV in order to become like a full-time lawyer. I'm like, yeah, right. You have to become a full-time lawyer. You have to become a lawyer. (laughs) You have to become a lawyer first, (laughs) like actually. So I don't know. I just, I, if, if I, I don't know, I guess my thought process was if Raquel, I thought she was being abused in the relationship. I don't know about physically, but I felt like she was being emotionally yeah. abused that. And if she was so afraid to break up with him, that she had a whole getaway plan right. that she talked about. Yeah, that about. was a very, that was very, very telling. telling. I, if that were me, and again, we are not the same person, I would want to get a far, as far away from my ex as possible. Meaning if this right. was his place of employment, I would leave so that I would find my own place of employment you and know she didn't. and she didn't yeah. do that and it turns out like she doesn't really know how to function as an adult from what we've heard yeah. from Sheena she doesn't know how to like take care of herself or keep in place clean or behave in a way that is like normal I, I don't know she just seems kind of yeah. um unhinged and yes but the, the part that's so interesting to me is how when everything was going on with Tom and Kristen and yeah. Ariana, people weren't trusting of Tom Sandoval, right? But he was so committed to Ariana. And then it went uh-huh. on for nine years. And then you kind of stopped thinking that maybe you're like, oh, all of that was because he wasn't with the right, right. person. And he found the right, right person. And then he's done with all that nonsense from that toxic relationship that he was in. And then he goes ahead and does something like this, it's it's what I was more shocked about with Sheena was her like trust of Sandoval because she was the one during season three that was const- that was questioning Ariana. Are you sure nothing happened with Miami Girl? What makes you so sure? Okay, if you are sure, I will shut up about this and never bring it up again. Like there's all these scenes from there. And then for her to like, you know, all these years later, just innately trust him. Yeah. 
very interesting. But I did too. It like, and I was, and I hate to admit it, but I was like a Sandoval fan. Oh, before this he happened. was my favorite. I thought that he was such a good voice of reason. He always stood up for the underdog. Like I appreciated Sandoval's presence. And I think, you know, when he was compared to Jack's and even Schwartz, he looked like such a great guy. And I mean, not a great guy. I know that we've seen, you know, the Ariana stuff and, and but babe, there's going to be bulldozers. I know. I know. Um, but- so he's had his moments, but overall I, I, I trusted Sandoval too. I did. And and I hate I, to say it. I do believe, like, I know it's going to be hard for Ariana to work back through all of this. Like, when right. did he change? Because I don't think this was always him. It's so interesting. He turns 40 last July. And at the end of July was when the stuff started with Raquel. And so we're watching him actually have a midlife crisis because he turned 40 and he's not where he thought he was going to be. And Uh he's just like being very impulsive and starting this crazy band that makes no sense. And Tom Sandoval (laughs) and the most extras. I mean, it'd be fine if he made money off of it, but he's losing money doing this band, right? If he's paying them all the vanity project. It's a vanity project, and that's why you see him dedicating more time to it than the actual Schwartz and Sandys that they're trying to open, which I thought I think is also interesting is that for so long, it was like Schwartz was the slacker, it looked like, that kind of lucked into, you know, these lucrative businesses, and Sandoval was the one that actually, you know, wanted to grind and, and work and all of that, and now it's like, huh. It really seems like Schwartz has gotten serious about this. And Sandoval is distracted with Raquel and his stupid band. Yep. No, I... I, unexpected. um, Thoughts on Katie and Satchel? Satchel. You know what? I... I'm just a bitch. And I just think that he is Weird Al Yankovic... I'm sure he's a nice guy. He seems like he's very into Katie. Um, I don't know. I think that it's, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a bitch. I've never, I've also never (laughs) been a Katie fan. I'm obviously rooting for her this season. Um, But yeah, Satchel, a very interesting seeming guy. I don't really know what to think. I think also like, Another thing that I didn't see enough people talking about on last night's episode was Schwartz being like, I'm so fucking glad I don't have to deal with her anymore. Oh, my God. Thank God I'm done with her. When he said that to Sandoval, when they were at that bar after the beach and she was sitting next to Satchel and she was giving him sass and they were fighting and he was like, thank God I'm fucking done with her. And it's so the opposite of how he's presented like oh I'm so sad and this and that it's like he's he's, not so over her he's not sad he was so over her for years and it was very obvious that he was not he didn't like her and she made such a salient point when she said that she was like he loved me but he didn't like me and I was like he didn't it's so obvious that he didn't he I just think, did not like you. I think he's sad at how it ended and how it right. it wasn't the way it was when he was happy with it. But 
there's elements of, I mean, I feel like divorce is so complicated and you go through so many emotions. Right. So you can be sad at the same time you're angry, at the same time you're over it, like, and kind of constantly go through all of those things. But right. he is not this puppy dog. He acts like a puppy dog all the time, like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But when he yeah. is faced with a woman, he has no problem tearing her apart, whether it's Sheena, oh my God. Katie, Lala. or Lala. Bootleg housewife. He loves calling people like bootleg, bootleg Kardashian, bootleg. Like get yeah. a new, yeah, get a new line for it. But yeah, he loves tearing down women. The mask, I feel like, has completely slipped this season. For so long, he was able to just get away with everything and kind of, you know, hide behind Katie's tequila, Katie's monstrous behavior and Jax's monstrous behavior. But like the mask has totally slipped. Like we are seeing Schwartz for who he is and it's not. It's not pretty. <laughs> One thing I will say in Katie's defense, because I've always felt like she has been portrayed in just a way. I just think she's not as charismatic as the other people on the show. So it comes across. She's just not. Like, it doesn't translate. It's on- so funny you say that. I have so wondered for years I'm like, the fact that Katie is one of the longest lasting VPR members, and she literally, it's like, she's not funny, she's not charismatic, she's not, I guess she's kind of interesting, but like, she really is not much of anything. She's in not terms as of like, charismatic. Like, she, Stassi you know? and Kristen, like, if you had told me out of those three that Katie would be the last one standing, which... I totally agree with Stassi getting fired. I don't want Stassi back. I'm happy that Kristen, I think, is making a comeback on this season because she's kind of connected to the James Raquel Sandoval yeah. saga. And I do miss Kristen. Um, but those those two, I feel like, could have carried the show for years and years and years and years if the cards had fallen correctly. Katie, on the other hand, it's like, what does Katie bring? I, she's I like she's not she's mean but not in a funny way like saucy was mean like i don't know she's not good so on her own she has to be she's more of a supporting character exactly she's exactly. always been that but i will say in her defense when she first started on the show was very soon after she had a traumatic brain injury and very true we didn't very find true. out about that until years in years when later. we never heard the story we you know and so i mean it also is not great when you have a traumatic brain injury to drink excessively or do drugs because your brain is already trying to heal from something terrible and so you right. watch her and how she reacts like tequila katie and i do feel like there is some sort of link between what happened to her physically and her behavior and her, and her yeah. demeanor and personality a hundred percent yeah she went through a very traumatic thing like very traumatic literally a tbi um so yeah i definitely have sympathy for that and look i'm not i i am not trying to Pick Katie when she's down. I know it's been a very rough go for her this season and this year. Um, 
I'm just being honest. I've never been a Katie fan. It's okay. I'm, we all can have different opinions on this. This is just a television <laughs> show. But I always have been a little bit of a Katie apologist in a way where I find yes. some of her behavior quite smart. Obviously, not marrying Schwartz, but love makes you do crazy things. I feel like she keeps a um, smaller crowd around her. Like Ariana mm-hmm. has a lot of different friends, and she seems very open to new people, which is a beautiful right. thing. But it also uh-huh. allows people to get into her orbit that can harm her. Katie is much more guarded in a way that I think makes sense when you hit a certain level of fame. Oh, yeah. And I've always noticed that and thought it was smart. Like, you shouldn't trust all these strangers. Like, these housewives who respond to DMs and, like, talk to Bravo fan accounts all the time, like, why do you trust these strangers? (laughs) Like, it's crazy. That's what I want to tell them. Like, why do you? Tr- but they're so I know I want fame hungry, and I don't think Katie is at all. Yeah, I mean, I I actually that's a that's a good point. That like in terms of being fame hungry, that's never been her thing. She never really has had a thing. <laughs> Besides, she's really now, into music. If you ever like music follow her Kate. stuff. But yeah, she's music the first episode of season one when they ask yes. her what she wants to do and she says she wants to own a record label. Own a record label. But like remember like Pucker and Pout and like it's like she never really like found her like brand. She has a podcast and now she has a sandwich shop. Um, but it never seemed like she was like, I'm going to capitalize off of my reality TV fame. Like, she never, like, I feel like cared. She wasn't as thinking, much. no. And I appreciated that because I felt like yes. all of them cared a little too much. And I was like, oh, God, totally. is this going to crash and burn? Like, totally. you know, and not that they all should change their personalities. Like, I love that Sheena trusts everyone and will, like, when I was going through egg freezing, like she would send me these like nice messages, which is like oh, so sweet. Um, oh my God, Sheena. I'm a Sheena apologist. Always yeah. I think she is a kind hearted. I actually think yep. that, you know, everyone's like, oh, these are all terrible people. I'm like, no, these are complicated people. Yeah. But I don't like to call people terrible. Like, I think that Sheena does seem to have a kind heart also. I've always gotten those vibes from her. And she was nothing but nice the one time I met her years ago, just seeing her out in New York City. Um, Literally, like, I think it was like 2016. And we have like a picture on my Instagram together. We have the same good side. So we both had to go like this. (laughs) Um, Amazing. uh, She's also so funny. Like, she is. She, she is, is. incredible. I don't know if she's always trying to be funny, but she gets that it's funny now. She's in on the joke. She's now in she on is. the joke for sure. And Summer is so cute. I actually was very, you know, I have completely done a 180 on Brock. Like, I feel like Brock, you know, again, is complicated. Not the most perfect dad. Not a good dad at all, probably, to his kids in Australia. But... Um, I think that he is trying his best with his new family and they seem very sweet and genuinely in love. And I think his haircut looks great. Why didn't he do it it. sooner? (laughs) He looks amazing. I think their wedding was the sweetest. It felt so genuine. I love when you find out that people have already been legally married before because it shows that like the wedding, it's it's not not just about the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that Summer was there in her little white dress. It's so cute when people already have 
a child an established that's like, at, like yeah yeah they're already a family they're just like making it official and when Sheena was like we're doing it honey like we're doing I was like I'm gonna cry like I was like very happy for her oh I was teary-eyed watching this like, yeah knowing I what was. she'd been through with the miscarriage and like and how with, traumatic was that Shay was also yes. like, she had, I know that she also like was not handling Shay's addiction in the right way and probably divorcing him on camera, not the best course of action, but it sounds like he had put her through hell also. So feel for Sheena there. She Definitely. Was so young. She's been a lot. Like so young. So people, young and naive. Most people don't really understand addiction until you've had an experience with someone who's gone through it, who's been open about the disease. Right. And then you like start seeing it that way. But if you don't have that background, you and and she obviously doesn't have a problem with substances. She's kind of like, why can't you just do one shot? Right. And it's like, oh, my God, not everyone can. Right. If that it was that easy, you know, and yeah, it was very hard watching that with her. She was very young and naive. And now she obviously would handle things differently. She's a different person now. Not to jump too quickly to Summer House. But I do feel like there are not similarities, but like, you know, this cast is older than Sheena was when she was married to Shay and found out he was addicted to pills, right? Mm -hmm. So they're seeing Carl, who's in his upper 30s, like get sober, following a trauma in his family. His brother's death. Yeah. And they don't seem to be trying to like educate themselves on what he's doing, right? Like the kind of program he's doing, like why he's doing what he's doing, questioning whether or not them getting drunk and talking to him while they're drunk about a serious issue could be triggering like it's shocking to me that Kyle hit age 40 and as much as he cares about Carl and said he wanted Carl to get clean didn't seem to like do the (laughs) basic like understanding of like what it means to suffer with an addiction right and also of course there's the way that people are talking about how Lindsay is navigating it whether if if Lindsay stops drinking then she's just you know what did they say? I don't even remember what oh, they like said. Oh, like she secretly like, really wants to and she is um, yeah, holding she it against quit, him. Yeah, she only quit drinking for like three months and now she's drinking again. And it's like, just talk, no matter what Lindsay does, and obviously this is like the only theme of the season is that everyone hates Lindsay and no one really knows why, in the audience at least. Um, but yeah, it's like there isn't really much knowledge there, it seems like, in terms of you know, having a partner that is kind of a recovering addict. Like this is is. Lindsay's, this is Lindsay's relationship and Lindsay's kind of battle to deal with. It's not anyone else's. And it's, oh my God, I really, I can't with Summer House this season. I have zero, honestly, honest to God, I never thought I'd say this. I have zero excitement about the next episode don't care about the rest of the season i'm going to watch obviously like i'm gonna watch but like in terms of like me being excited for like vanderpump like i am off the walls would die for like a screener of the rest of the season i would like do horrific things for a vanderpump rules screener (laughs) i do not care about the rest of the season of summer house 
really at all. Very looking forward to the reunion because there's certain things I just really want people to answer for and explain. Yeah. That's what I'm interested in. We just all want to know what the hell did Lindsay do to you? What did Lindsay do to you? And also like what do Paige and Sierra bring to the show? It, has Maya been written off? Like, so, okay, what is this happening? is what I think happened. So remember how they showed that she went to a wedding and that she got bit by a dog? Yeah, she got bit by a dog. So I think that she actually had to go to like be in the hospital and maybe had a like infection from the dog bite or something. But I think she was like gone because of the dog bite. Did the dog bite her at the wedding? I feel like it was. Oh God, I, I should. Like, be what speaking kind of wedding this. is that? No, I think she was like petting a dog earlier that day and got bit, oh. and then like went. They showed like with her lip was kind of busted, and then like got it together to be at the wedding. But then, I think it went d- not great, and then. Well, Godspeed, Maya. That sucks. That sucks, but yeah, that hasn't really been explained. Instead, she just, like, disappears, and it's like, what is Chris's point? Like, it's just the season (laughs) is such a mess. Why are there 70 girls and three guys? Like, everything about it, just the cast is so off. I am so, and I know this is such a tired talking point, but I am so sick of, like, the the bed sore bullies, like, or whatever people call them on Twitter. Like, I'm so sick of the mean girl clique. Like, I just, I'm, I'm so tired of it. They bring nothing. Like I just, and I say this on Ryan's podcast all the time. So if people listen to So Bad, It's Good, our pop culture roundups, you've heard me. I, I sound like a, I'm, what's the term? Beating, beating a, an old drum, a beating dead a dead horse. horse. <laughs> I'm beating an old <laughs> drum. I'm beating a dead horse. Um, But Paige is just like too normal. She's just like a normal, like, just like she's too normal and boring. Like, I know that she has, like, her snarky confessionals, but it's, like, I need true chaotic. Like, Lindsay Hubbard is perfect television because she is very chaotic. She is genuinely, she's not trying to be. Like, she just is. Like, I need my reality TV stars to have a certain level of, like, being unhinged and, like, not really caring about how they're, obviously, they all care about how they're portrayed to an extent. But I feel like Paige is just so buttoned up and normal. Like, I just, it's not entertaining to me. I'm so tired of her. I'm just, and same with Sierra, honestly. I'm like, what does Sierra Sierra never brought anything, truly. She has never brought anything besides Karma Brown. But I feel like there is obviously going to be a cash shakeup in the cards. I don't know what's going to happen exactly, um, I know that the OGs are, you know, they're the selling point. They're the OGs. They're what people watch for, which is Kyle, Carl, Lindsay, and then Amanda, you could say by default. Um, but it seems like have they aged out? Like, it's why would Carl and Lindsay come back if everyone's just mean to them all the time? Um, I don't know. And Danielle this season is like, what is going on with Danielle? She's obviously projecting with her relationship was secretly falling apart behind the scenes. And I feel for Danielle because friendship breakups are even arguably harder than like relationship breakups. Um, And she's going through both at the same time. And that's, I can't even imagine what she's going through. I actually DM'd her. I was like, regardless of like what is happening on Summer House, I just want to let you know that like, 
I can't even imagine what you're going through. I've gone through both. I've gone through heartbreak and friendship breakups. And like, there's nothing more painful in the world. I can't imagine going through both at the same time. So I, and obviously she's getting a lot of hate from the audience and going back to like the Bravo audience can be brutal. Right. And yeah, it's just, it's a tough scene. It's a tough scene every single week. It's just, you know, something needs to change next season. I love the idea of Corey and Sam kind of being the centerpieces because they're so fun and they bring this energy and they actually want to go out. That's another thing on this most recent episode, Sam went out, Gabby went out. Like they want to go out. They want to go to Montauk. They want to go party. They want to get dressed up after day drinking all day. Like I wouldn't be able to do it, but that's why I'm not on a reality show about partying. Um, Paige is just like, okay, you guys have fun. I'm like, what's your point? (laughs) Yeah. And Amanda's never been interested. She's always been a bit of a homebody. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. I feel like there's just too many of them that feel very comfortable with each other and very comfortable doing very little. And it's Maya, Sierra, Paige. Amanda, Mm -hmm. I feel like is a little chameleon-esque. And that in those early seasons when like her friends weren't there, she made it work. And I would like to see her make it work with Lindsay a little bit. Like, Yeah. It seems like they were like great in this Ireland Everett's wedding. They were like all hanging out. It looked like on social media. Um, But if you watch, watch what happens live. um, It was with Paige. It was with Paige and Sierra. And Andy was asking if they think they're going to be invited to Lindsay's wedding. And Paige was like, well, if we, if it's when we film in the summer, like maybe. And I feel like when she said that it was a little presumptuous, like, Oh, when you're filming this summer. Well, and Andy, I think briefly there was like, it, it was hard to read, but I feel like there was like a little look on Andy's face, but I don't know. I feel like she's making a lot of assumptions because she's dating Craig, who yep. is very good television always. Even when he's being a complete jerk, he's very yep. watchable. I think she's more watchable when he's around. She just hasn't figured out how to navigate having a relationship on camera. She hasn't figured it out. She like shut down in Winter House. Right. Which is the most relatable thing she's ever done. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, now you see how hard it is, right? It's so easy to judge everyone else's relationships. The thing with Danielle yep. that has been hard is she does seem to be so judgmental and find mm-hmm. almost like glee in being like, I told you Lindsay and Carl weren't perfect. Like, look at their fighting. Oh, and then this morning, you know, the next morning, oh, we're just not going to talk about it. Oh, that's how it's going to go. He was like, I see you. That's such a bad look because she wants to talk about how everything she's doing is out of her love for Lindsay and out of caring about Lindsay. That is not a true friend. That's kind of relishing in you fighting with your significant other and proving people right and proving that you guys fight. Like, it's just, that's not, that's not a good friend. And I also hate the way that Danielle fights in that she goes, why are you being so defensive? Like if someone is being attacked, they're going to defend themselves. That's not really being defense. Like, I don't know. I just, the way that she fights with Lindsay I feel like she is kind of like, it's not coming from a place of like, she's trying to say, I'm doing this because I'm a good friend. 
And Lindsay's like, are you though? Because you're just talking shit about me to everyone and not saying anything to me. And Danielle didn't have a response to that. She just like stormed away. I was like, oh my God. She's like, are you kidding me? And it's like, no, Danielle, like what? And Danielle's classic mistake is that she, like someone wrote this in the comments on somebody's like Instagram. And I was like, that's it. It's like one of them. And I can't figure out which one believes that the Carl and Lindsay issue and then Danielle and Lindsay's friendship are like two separate topics that be, should be addressed separately. And I think Danielle views them as like a Venn diagram. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that like she's always bringing them up together makes literally no sense to Lindsay, who right. is like, well, do you miss her friendship or do you hate that I have a boyfriend and that it's – your right. mutual friend like and Daniel's not explaining herself she's not saying I really miss the three amigos I wish the three of us could hang out and it not be weird and you guys not be like too cutesy with each other because it makes me feel left out um you know if she said right. these kinds of things like I kind of I, I'm adjusting you would how get weird it it was but the fact that when Lindsay and Carl started dating Danielle said she needed to take some time to process it That is a shitty thing to say to two people that have dated in the past, right, and have become extremely close. Like, I get that they're your two other friends, but there is something weird with her because she did date Carl. I'm not saying she's jealous. I'm just saying there's something... Yeah, I don't know if it's because she still wants Carl. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think it is. I think that, like, I feel like that's kind of a narrative that people are like, people are like, Paige and Sierra both wanted Carl and he didn't want them. And I'm like, I don't think that many people want, I don't think Carl's like this hot commodity that people try to act like he is, honestly. He's a good looking guy, I guess. But like, it's not like he's some crazy catch, in my opinion. It's like, this is someone who has trouble staying employed and love Carl, love him to death, but Yeah, I don't think that people are looking at him like, oh, my God, it should be me instead. Like, I don't think that's where the root of it is coming from. With Paige and Sierra, I don't know what their issue is. With Danielle, I think it is projecting because her relationship was falling apart, her relationship with Robert. And let's also not forget the fact that Danielle and Robert moved in together after two months. So for her to say they're moving too fast, Carl and Lindsay, when they've been friends for so long... Just, I think that's so hypocritical. Like, if I were Lindsay, I'd be like, well, you moved in with Robert after two months. So, and I think the fact that Lindsay and Carl are getting engaged before Danielle is engaged is also probably, like, I can imagine why that would be frustrating for her. Like, that's understandable. But, like, she's not going about it the right way at all. No, I feel like she's kind of stuck in, like, my whole life is changing, right? Like, everything was so stable for so long where I, like, worked in finance or whatever she worked in. I had my friends. We would do, like, the weekends or we would go out and I would be, like, really intense during the week working. And she had this going. And then all of a sudden she's like, now all my friends are changing. They're, like, get you know, people – and I went through this, right, when I had, like, mm-hmm. roommates and you see, you're used to seeing people on a, like, multiple times a week basis. And uh-huh. then they get serious boyfriends and then they move out and then they get engaged and then they get married and then they have a kid. And then and you it's just like, never see them again. <laughs> and you see them, it's just at a different pace 
And you have to put a different, you have to have different levels of expectations. It's never going to be the same as when you all lived in the same area and these like apartments and no responsibilities. And it's almost like she's got this Peter Pan, like, I don't want to grow up. Don't force me. You don't leave me behind because I'm going to stay living like I'm 28 for the rest of my life. And it's, it's kind of like, it's hard. You have to learn to adapt to the changes and it's not easy, but it's better to Uh do it like in therapy and like by examining why you feel that way rather than like taking it right. out on the people who are making some decisions in their life and saying that they're making right. the like, wrong ones. Yeah. It's a classic example of like it is. And that's, you're exactly right. It's literally like, and I'm this way too, where sometimes I, I mean, I do go to therapy, but like, you know, when you just resent someone who has done nothing wrong, but they're just so like, perfect and have their life together and have a house or like so grown up like I have people in my life like that where I'm just like oh I want to hate you but you've done nothing wrong that's a me problem like that is the definition of a me problem like Danielle it's a her problem but she's making it everyone else's problem right you can't take it out on people that are just living their lives right (laughs) and also no one is perfect and no one has their life together it's just they keep it a little bit right like so that you can't tell right but right my mom used to tell me like everyone has something she would always mm-hmm. tell me that everyone has something no one has it all figured out no one mm-hmm. is entirely happy in every aspect of their lives you can be happily married totally but you can have a difficulty with one of the kids that you're raising you can love your job but hate your spouse you can like there's just it's it's never all perfect right right it's how you right. manage it but people are really good at projecting perfection and mm-hmm. so we take it as fact but like no marriage is perfect no relationship is perfect no life is perfect and yep. i i just feel like we need to you get to a point in your life like when you're i don't know when you're younger you and your friends all judge each other's relationships and decisions. You like talk about it a lot more. As mm-hmm. I've gotten older, we've kind of like let each other make decisions and trust each other. And when a mistake is made, you're there to listen and support, right? When someone right. marries the wrong guy, when they take the shitty job, whatever it is. And I feel like the I told you so like no one wants to be that friend that's like I told you not to marry him like just no other people that you care about live their lives let them right and learn their lessons on their own own. like yeah that was such that was such a bad look like that's very you know hard to defend on Danielle's part like the I told you so and I you know people have been commenting really mean stuff on her Instagram like I said and she's been kind of clapping back with some petty clapbacks and just turn the comments off girl like yeah also what is so weird to me is like people who actually go out of their way to comment on her like do I judge everything that she's been doing this season sure am I ever going to go on her Instagram page no no, like, no, why would I do that? Why and would that's I? that's what like, Twitter is for, you guys. <laughs> like, that is what I I like live tweeting. I like reading people's live tweets. We don't tag anyone. You don't, we don't tag. comment on they their pages. They don't need to see that stuff. They don't need to know. They don't need to see what people are saying about them. Like, ugh. 
And we could be getting it all wrong. Like we could, they could only be showing us like 1% of the tape and there may be footage that completely exonerates half the behavior, right? Right. We don't get to see all that. And so we judge what we see and it's just a show and people just like, I don't know, Lindsay's behavior though, on this week's episode when she's drunk, she is the most difficult person to fight with because there's no logic she just like Mm -hmm. sticks in and she just won't let it go and she's got this like energy that she can't calm on her own right and carl did the best job like being like no that's actually not what happened but like staying calm not raising his voice not yelling back at her not getting angry just like he knows how to deal with her because right. he's been friends with her for so long and he's been, you know, front row to all of these relationships of hers that have fallen apart in the past. And Lindsay's behavior in relationships is so interesting. And this is like the part of reality TV that I love where you're like psychoanalyzing people. It's like, totally. as we know, Lindsay's Lindsay's mom abandoned her. Yes. She will always have abandonment issues. She will always, always push people away to see if they'll come back. Um, again, it's like, I'm not like a psychiatrist. She talks about it, right? Like she's been doing therapy. Yeah. She has abandonment issues. And it's like, so like, you know, in this moment that this is classic Lindsay's abandonment issues coming out. And has she finally found someone that is going to stick around? Like she is trying to prove to herself, they will stick around. Like, I, I hope Carl's that guy. I feel like he is. He knows what he is signing up for. He is choosing to marry her. He, again, like you said, was really handling it really well. Um, I think, you know, what she said when she was drunk about him making her birthday the night before her birthday or whatever it was <laughs> all about him. When, as we know, his brother literally passed away on Lindsay's birthday. Um, that was not a great comment. Um, but again, it's like Carl is still with her. He, I'm sure they've talked through those comments, you know, off camera and, you know, are getting past it. But yeah, she really goes for the low blows when she is drunk and trying to pick a fight and trying to kind of drive a guy away. Right. And that's why when she wasn't drinking, she was doing so well. And I think, you know, she can have fun when she's drunk, but she also like at some point it turns and she's got that dark passenger yeah. and, and it's tough. But, but, you know, she hasn't run away from Carl either. He doesn't ha- it's not easy being with someone who is actively struggling to stay sober, right? All the time. Right. And, you know, he's got his own issues and she's, you know, standing by him. I feel like compared to other relationships that we've watched on these shows, theirs seems much more healthy. They seem to be talking about how difficult it is that one of them is sober and one of them drinks sometimes. Like, they talk through it. That's better than half the relationships we've seen on these shows, where they just have totally and never talk about it. Totally, totally. I think from, and I know that a lot of feedback I've seen the audience give their relationship is that they seem to have like a lack of chemistry, that it seems fake. I'm like, I think these are genuinely just two friends that realize that they could be in love and make it work with each other. And they've known each other for so long. Like, I do believe it's genuine. 
Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people, a lot of people are saying that it seems fake and, you know, there's no real like spark between them. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I see it for them. I do. It's like the, the tinfoil hat people. Everyone's looking Always. for like something to, to be Always. like a critic. But yeah, I think all this stuff is very real too. I mean, if it wasn't, we would have seen a way better argument from Danielle because she had a reason to be frustrated but yet right. how it came out was the real life stuff, which is not. Oh, clean. God. <laughs> it's not it's, pretty. It's, it's very, messy. It's and... very cringy. Very cringy. Danielle, this season. It's I'm sure she is looking back, watching this back. Actually, no, she's probably not because she she's standing her ground in her comments. So I, I don't know. But I, yeah, her. Yeah. A lot of the criticism of Lindsay is that she's calculated. She's so calculated. She knows how to like... I think she's the least calculated person <laughs> ever. She's just Lindsay, and she always has been. Like, nothing about Lindsay to me reads as calculated and never has. I think when it comes to when she, like, makes certain announcements and when, like, the press, like, that's, like, what her job was. So she's really good at that stuff. And right bringing certain things up on camera and like being very aware of like if the cameras are there or not there. But when she was having that drunken argument, that's not something you want to do in front of cameras. No, 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 no. Yeah. Hubhouse PR. She does. She does know the PR stuff. And that's Um, what I feel like they all can't stand about her that she said they think the reason that we side with her is because she manipulates the audience. That's what we I feel like it is. Easily, as if the audience is that easily manipulated. They need to give us more credit than that. But yeah, that's what I think Paige and Sierra. I think that that honestly might be their root issue is that Lindsay is the fan favorite. And yes. they can't stand it. Yes. Oh even though she's not a perfect person and she's not even always a kind person. Right? Yeah. She's but we, but nasty people to love people. Her anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. People love to watch her. People love to root for her. She's she's a very endearing, I think, again, you know, she has this past trauma and we have watched her go through so many relationships and ups and downs and this and that. She's been nothing but a what's what's the term I'm looking for? Open book. She's mm-hmm. been nothing. I almost I almost said blank page. She's been nothing but an open book on camera. And you cannot say the same for so many people that, you know, Amanda, like Lisa Rinna types. Look at Amanda type. this season. She has alluded to the fact that she's worried about her fertility, that she's lost a lot of weight, right. but she's not like we know now that she's better, but she hasn't really explained any of it. And I don't necessarily think it's going to be explained on camera. Now, people have a right to their own medical privacy, but there is nothing that Lindsay has not shared with us. And exactly. there's a difference between her and the others who try to hold on to elements of privacy. She has never tried. Exactly. Exactly. And we love her for it. And the audience recognizes that. And again, it's like when I put people in like a bucket, like you have your your Lisa Rinna's and your Kyle Richards and your Pages who just stir the pot in order to deflect from talking about anything in their lives. And the audience picks up on that. Mm -hmm. They do. And look at Lisa Renna now. She is pissed. She is not being filmed right now. She is is. so mad. 
Oh, did you not see that interview? It was, she was trying to be like gracious about it, but it was very obvious. She was like, I miss the cast and crew. Like they're filming right now. And like, I'm not a part of it. And this was my life for so long. Like she's clearly very bummed about it. So we know obviously that she did not leave on her own. We already knew that. Um, but yeah, it's like the audience pick. And I mean, Lisa Rinna, that was just, you know, the tip of the iceberg in terms of why the audience wanted her gone. But we pick up on that. If you are deflecting in order to not share anything about your life and in order to not be vulnerable on Giselle. camera, like, what is your point? Giselle, exactly. And Giselle is still like, I feel like people were, are very sick of her after Girls Trip because the tequila bottle gate was so stupid. Like, it was so dumb. Um, and that is Giselle's MO, is always deflecting and stirring the pot. She's so good at it, though. She's so good at it. And mm-hmm. she is so beautiful and just fun to make fun of with her interior design choices and her fashion choices. Like, she's still, like, I'm still, you know... I'm I'm not like fire Giselle, you know. I don't like. Think, I know some people are. I don't like this whole like fire so and so fire. Like, uh, unless right. you pull something like Jenny Wynn did, and you've got like receipts of racism, right? Like, I'm or Wait, who's Jenny Wynn? Oh, she was on um, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and then she had all these posts that oh, were really God, terrible. So unless I you do something a la her, or you stop being entertaining, those are the two right. things that I think are fireable offenses. I you, you still have to be watchable. You I have think to that be watchable. Rena got to the, Rena got that, to the she point falls into that latter life. category. But, yep. you know, everyone else, it's like, I can want someone to be like threatened to be demoted and let it make them come back better. Like, you know, like Tamara. Yes. Yeah. I could see that happening, but I don't know this whole like fans picking and choosing. We, we call for someone to get fired and then a show sucks when they leave. So I'm done calling for people to get fired. It's, it doesn't make sense. I'm with you. I'm with you. You really have to cross the line in order for me to be like, fire this person. Even like Brandy Glanville for so long, I was like, you know what? Keep putting her on my TV. Yeah. I love watching Brandy. I know that the incident with Caroline Manzo um, has officially like she is out, out. Um, but yeah, it's like no matter how problematic someone has been in the past, if they're watchable, I'm sorry. Jax Taylor got to the point where he wa- was no longer Wasn't watchable. watchable. But like James Kennedy... He- Still watchable. We all knew that Raquel left him with a plan. She had a plan for if it didn't go well, how to escape. Like, that's crazy. But he is so damn funny. He just is. I don't know. Like, some people just have it. They have it. They have it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Sophie, you have it. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Tell everyone where they can find you and all of your hot takes. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. This was exactly what I needed on a, what is this, Thursday? On a Thursday night, (laughs) I was telling Mandy at the beginning of the show that I am very hungover today, so I'm a little (laughs) bit low energy, but I have the best time. This was like such a good hangover here. Um, You can find me. I'm very active on Twitter. So Ross with four S's at the end. I'm so underscore Ross on Instagram. 
Um, I also have a Substack, which again, I've been very busy, but I Ooh, love how DC of you stack. to have a Substack. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm basically very wise. No, SophieRoss.substack.com, <laughs> and I also have my own podcast, which is hopefully going to come back at some point when I have more time. So true with Sophie Ross. Subscribe for when I come back. And Ryan Bailey's podcast, I'm on every other Monday for a pop culture roundup. That's so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. And yeah, that's me. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We'll have to have you back to get more of your hot takes. I would love to be back whenever you'll have me. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a good rest of your evening. Thanks. You too. 